Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California and now living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi, Jason. So I got the document, the like 40-page document about technology, <laughs> and I have been dutifully reading them. Not a lot of it makes sense to me. <laughs> I just want to tell you up front. <laughs> so... <laughs> Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I don't think we need to be experts on, you know, the robotic process automation, but uh, I just want to talk to our listeners a little bit about what's going on in terms of technology. How is it affecting Chinese and American contemporary culture? Mm -hmm. And what do we have in common? What, you know, maybe what are we doing better at here and there? And you know, just chat about it a little bit. I actually want to start with something that's not in the document, okay. but um, I want to actually start with a story. Okay. So last year, I uh, went to Shogong Park. Oh which is where the Olympics, part of the Olympics were held right. here in Beijing on the far west where the uh, big jump track is. Mm -hmm. And at that time, Baidu, they have a branch called Apollo. They were testing their uh, driverless cars. Oh. So so I did an article about it and I talked about it a lot. And, and you know, I was very interested. At that time, only the employees were using it. Mm -hmm. So you could see them driving around, sometimes with drivers, sometimes without drivers. But there's actually something new, baby. Uh -huh. You can go out. And the first place in the world, anywhere, you walk up to a kiosk and scan a QR code and you yourself, baby, can get in the backseat of a car with no driver and be driven around, but only in the Shogong Park area in the immediate vicinity, including Shijingshan. So you should see the look on my face right now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to get in a car with no driver. <laughs> and... um I don't know. For me, I know it's uh, super advanced and all, and it's probably going to end up being safer than human drivers, but... <laughs> I don't uh, think it is yet, but... Yeah, it's not my thing. Thank you very much. But it sounds pretty cool. Um, I mean... I'm like, definitely going to do it. You're going to try it? Or? Oh, yeah, 100%. See, what they did is that I think the cars got really, really, really good at this part of Beijing. Uh, so that's why it's not like everywhere. You can't do this in Fengtai District. You can't do this in Xichang District, etc. Mm -hmm. But this district, these two districts, I guess, uh, the, the cars know these neighborhoods really, 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 really well. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be safe enough to just like take it from Shogong Park to my home, which is in Shijingshan. You know, besides the uh, security or safety reasons. Another reason why I probably stay away from driverless cars. You know that the feeling of uh, communicating with um, customer automatic customer mm -hmm, service. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, yeah. you have a complaint and then the other side yes. is computer. For English, press two. Yeah, yes. <laughs> they never solve your problem. Mm. Unless it's some really simple upfront mm. problem. Because when, when you have the need to call, it's when you have something that you know, it's like a special problem mm. that you would it would take you a while to explain and you would need someone smart, intelligent on the other side to know exactly mm. what your problems are. But it's hard to execute that with a computer on the other side. They'll reply generic things, right? The basic ones. So every time I just wait until they tell me. Uh, what the number is for like a human mm. customer service on the other side. Yeah. And I've seen 
um tv shows what was that show like there's this show about um silicon valley mm-hmm. maybe that's the name of yeah it. there's a show called silicon valley yeah, yeah I've, I've seen a few episodes <laughs> i think it's quite funny and there's this one time one time this guy is like the really nice guy in there tall and i don't remember his name so he got mm-hmm. uh into one of those driverless cars i think he was on he wanted to go home and he ended up on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean <laughs> um, <laughs> on the way like wouldn't you notice that you're like driving up onto an oil he, he did he was conscious <laughs> he was conscious all the way it's just that He's like, let me out of here <laughs> i think the car was pre-programmed to go somewhere uh-huh. and he couldn't communicate with the car if this is your fear why you won't take a driverless car baby there are several reasons I mean, like in the in the process of getting to wherever the car was going, he had to pee and he couldn't get out. So the, the problem was communication. The car just wouldn't listen to him. Mm. And then he got on to this like ferry that transport like goods or something. Mm. So he was like in the dark and his cell phone went out of battery or there was no cell phone signals. Mm. So anyhow... I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I want something that I can actually communicate. Well, I think that's just playing around and it's Hollywood. Because in California, actually, (laughs) you cannot leave the car without a driver. So you could use the driverless feature while you're in the car behind the wheel. But you cannot be in a car with that with no human behind the wheel yet legally. So So this just for fun. what's, What's the point? Just for fun? Like if I'm I'm already Well, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, just IG. I want clicks. So I'll get in the back of the car in Beijing Hmm. and I'll record the car driving around without a driver. And when I put that on IG, I will get, I don't know how many likes. It's going to be great. What's IG? Uh, Instagram. Oh, sorry. I sound so out. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think we call it INS, like in China, like the abbreviation. Mm. But anyhow, so, Uh, so you think it's cool, right? It'll be fun. I'm thinking like, do we not have enough drivers? Are we worried about employment <laughs> rate? I mean, like, we have plenty of people, right, who are looking for decent jobs. And then... Speaking of yes. jobs, <laughs> robot process automation is the first thing okay, in our list. getting worse. You know, you know who does used to do that is actually Morris. So he's told me about this. I actually know quite a bit about it. So what this actually means is that you when he first started talking about it, I'm I was picturing a robot using a computer, but <laughs> it's actually they just use this abbreviation. Okay. It means that the software automatically understands what you're trying to do and fills out forms for you. You know how a bank will have like a 20 page form where you have to put your name and your social security number and your address right. multiple times, phone numbers and all this stuff. The bank will already have all of your information from whatever. And then. And mm. what it'll do is you'll click the kind of form you want to fill out. Uh-huh. The software will automatically fill out the entire form. And then it, you don't, instead of someone sitting there for like 10 or 20 minutes filling out this form or an hour, depending on, you know, who it is, it just automatically fills out the form. And if it asks questions, it says this box we don't get. Well, and then you just fill out the one or one or two boxes that it didn't understand. And then it's automatically filled out. So when you go into your ICBC or whatever bank you're using, mm-hmm. Bank of America, it saves a lot of time human time Mm. because humans aren't sitting there plugging in boring numbers and addresses over and over again computers can do that for you now yeah humans are sitting in front of their computers submitting resumes looking for jobs Mm. okay so what you just described i'm sorry i'm like not that i'm a you know tech person or anything but 
That doesn't sound too hard, though, right? Yeah. Because when I let's say I'm buying something online,、mm-hmm. you know how they can you can just copy over an address and they will like automatically fill in the boxes.、Mm-hmm. Like it'll be able to tell what is which one is the phone number and which characters are the name and which part is the address. So it sounds similar to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's not rocket science. Exactly, but this is revolutionary because there are people who literally do data input. There are entire centers of people,、mm-hmm. floors and floors and floors of people in different countries. Doing data entry, these jobs will soon be gone. They'll be irrelevant because it, the computer will be able to do all the data input by itself without people、okay. sitting in cubicles repeatedly putting in the same data again and again and again. So that's actually worrying, <laughs> right?、Um, More job creation problems. You know, people were worried in the past when new technologies came out. Like, okay, let's say you're eighteen fifty, you make tables, and you're a master carpenter, baby. Now、mm. they say that there's a factory that makes tables opening up in three towns over. And they're going to be able to make thousands of tables in them every month.、Mm-hmm. Now you might be worried, but all that means is that many carpenters will be able to specialize or do specific work, or maybe change their occupation to meet new needs. It's not like suddenly there were millions of unemployed people in North America and Europe.、Mm. What happened was that they were able to just make. Tables faster, and、mm. people diversified their employment strategies into new cutting-edge industries. But the thing is, I understand the logic. But now, what seems to be happening is that changes are coming at us faster and faster,、mm. and probably more massive. Or in a way, the cha- the impact of these changes will be more massive. Oh yeah. Dive into the sports world with Sideline Story, our weekly podcast that brings you the most up-to-date game analysis and news from the latest sports action. We didn't trouble the London side at all, but could argue they should have had a penalty. It's really it difficult for a player at age of 39 to compete. I don't know what it is about Nadal, but when I see him play, I can feel his personality. Whether you are a die-hard supporter or an armchair fan, hop on and enjoy the ride. Subscribe to Sideline Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. So learning Chinese, the most difficult thing. Very, 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 very. So I'm sort of tone deaf. I can't really hear them. I think the cultural mindset is the biggest complication for the grammar. Take away Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. You're listening to the bridge.
Okay. I mean, maybe I don't know the answer. Maybe this sounds short-sighted. I'm not an expert, but I just want to throw my opinion out there. You know, in the future, Mm -hmm. countries like Japan, a little bit in China, but not as much as places like Japan, Korea, uh, Finland, they're they're places with very low birth rates. And these people are there. Oh, will we have enough people to take care of our elderly? Well, with things like cognitive computing and machine learning and AI and natural language processing and uh, robotic process on automation and driverless cars. Mm. Suddenly there will be enough people to fill all kinds of whatever positions we will need people to be in because we'll be loosening up Mm. boring jobs like data entry and driving. All right. You're trying to make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to give you the positive. Hey, now when you're an old lady, baby, there'll be someone to take care of you. (laughs) A robot taking care of me maybe yeah i mean that's better than nothing but it's still it will feel strange though like you know at night after i turn off the light i know that there is um something in there <laughs> that can you know help me with chores around but it's like not conscious actually, I did. but it can think in a way i actually didn't mean robots I, and i came across an article i'm not too sure if it's like real or fake like one scientist that works with mm-hmm. robots or mm-hmm. you know ai um, wrote an article that his robot or his something, what I don't know what you call it, actually became conscious. Like it had feelings. And then what? Oh, that's not that's concerning. And then the, whatever article that came out was kind of suppressed. I don't know whether or not you've ever heard of it. I think that it sounds far fetched. I think it's possible think? that some of. So, OK, so let, let's look at some of the um, kinds of technology there are. These are the most cutting edge technologies in software. This is called natural language processing, mm. NLP. And this is what computer and See, AI- these are one of those things where you understand every word, natural language processing. But when you put them together, I have no idea what is Well, it. OK, I'll try to explain this. So a natural language processing is a, a kind of artificial intelligence that tries to sound human. So what it does is you'll say, I want to write a book uh, that sounds like Stephen King and includes like um, tigers and a lot of short people and maybe there's a zoo involved. And then the computer, it'll be you'll feed it thousands and thousands of novels and information and it will try to make a book where it sounds like that and they've already done this many times so it'll write a book and but their book will not it they don't sound quite like they were really written by humans yet yet but it's getting to the (laughs) wonder why but it's getting to the point where maybe in 10 years you will not be able to differentiate a book written by a an ai NLP processor mm. versus a real book that was written by Bebe. Mm. So it'll actually be almost indistinguishable or actually indistinguishable from a real. So this is where you get to the point where is it if it can write and reason like a human mm-hmm. because it's a natural language processing AI, can it in fact reason or does it just sound like it can reason. And that's when you get into this messy territory about is it conscious or not? But I don't think they a robot probably could actually become conscious at this point right now. Well, it's unlikely based on the information that's public anyway. Okay. Well, what's in my mind are actually these cute robots uh, in banks. <laughs> I don't know. Have you come across mm-hmm. them in banks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a ton of them in, <laughs> yeah, in banks and in malls. Ch- China has a ton of robots that just like They just loitering. Like, chat with you. And the videos I've seen, they are completely like conversational and Mm. they can even like defend themselves. Um, I've seen some funny ones like this one lady. 
she's been waiting for her number, like in the banks here in China, in the big cities. Mm. Sometimes it gets crowded, right? So you get a yeah, number. Yeah. And then she's been waiting for her turn. And then she noticed that the uh, the teller on the other side of the glass weren't really doing her job. Yeah. Maybe that day her child was visiting or something. Uh. So this old lady goes to the robot and she was like, hey, look at your employee over there. She's like nursing her kid. <laughs> and mom, I've been waiting for two hours. Like, shouldn't she get back to work? And and the robot turns out like, do not poke me. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> She said, you are too close. <laughs> and then they, and then, then the old lady was like trying to turn her around so the robot would see what the teller was look, doing. Look, robot, look. Yes, and he, she was literally just like talking to a, her grandchild. But look over there. I can't wait anymore. And the two were literally talking back and forth. And the robot was being, you know, defensive. She's like, you can't do this to me. <laughs> It was so cute. <laughs> Seriously. And then... That's great. That's really funny. And then the other day, I came across this video of two robots bickering. And they, they, it was just... It's like something from a, a novel from like an anime movie or something. Like it's bizarre. But it, it, it's true. And they're so cute. You know, they're usually... The robots look like they were wearing skirts and they have this round head and there's a screen on top, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And somehow one robot got angry at the other. Maybe the other said something offensive and the, they were speaking in Chinese and the other robot was like, okay, you should, you should feel better by now and I'll give you a, 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 like one step of stairs to calm down. This is a Chinese expression. Mm. Like, it's like when you two are arguing and you don't want this to keep going. Mm. So you say something like to give uh, an opportunity for the other side. To reckon to calm down to calm down and uh, yeah. reconcile is that the word? Mm. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. To uh, to make things better. Sure. So kind of you give the olive branch mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. but it's not something really nice. Like, okay, I'm wrong. Can you you know? Can we get back together again? Not that explicit. You're just offering the other person like a stair to climb down a, a high place, mm. so that you can talk uh on, e on like even terms yeah. something like that mm -hmm. so she was speaking this um chinese idiom and the other side was like oh <laughs> you know i still don't <laughs> want to talk to you and the other robot was like okay i've already given you an opportunity and why don't you take it <laughs> so is this guy videotaping the two robots bickering <laughs> in the lobby <laughs> i don't know if their issue was resolved but it was it was kind of cute, you know? It's not like freaky robots doing weird things. Just but they were like That sounds kids really talking. advanced. Most I have talked to robots here in China. <laughs> but most of the robots I've talked uh -huh. to are like very simple. I'll walk up and say, I want to find Heidi Lao. And they Heidi Lao is on the third floor. And then their oh. its face face will change from a face to a Heidi Lao man. Oh, and good. it's like, do you want to order an order now? Mm. And it's like, no, no, I'll order up up there. And then like it'll just like create a map to go to Heidi Lao. Wow. Simple stuff. Well, but. you can you can like learn Chinese this way. You just you can just like talk to the <laughs> robot <laughs> for a few hours a day <laughs> and its pronunciation should be should be pretty good. Probably. Right? Yeah, I, I'm assuming yeah. so. I want to talk about some other technologies because, yeah, you're right. There are lots of it's like really amazing how we are increasing robots. I even noticed them in the tax office. So, mm. you know, the next thing I guess Metaverse is trying to is assuming people are going to get involved in augmented reality. So I actually got an invitation a couple of days ago huh. to go have a 
deepfake of myself made for the metaverse. Wait, so, let's say that again. To- a deepfake. So a deepfake is a, an artificial version of yourself that looks very much like yourself almost. And it could say with using your own voice, your expressions, your facial mannerisms and things move like you talk like you and imitate you to the point where they could make it say something and people would believe some people might believe that you actually said that. Wait, like a robot? It's not a real no, size? No, no, no. Okay, let me slow down. Okay, yes. Please. Okay, so in, in, in the metaverse, you put on goggles to walk around and be in the metaverse. The metaverse is like an artificial reality, okay. like a real, real life, real life. Mm. It's like a video game that doesn't have an end. You can buy homes in it. You can rent apartments in it. Mm -hmm. People actually do spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for property inside of these different metaverses. I had a company here in China because I'm a vlogger Hmm. and they reached out to me and said, how would you like to have a deepfake of yourself made? And I was, uh, I don't have to think about it. I don't know if I want a deepfake of myself made because then I could say things that I didn't actually say and people might think I said those things. So eventually we ended up turning it down, Hmm. but they were offering for me to come in. What they would do is film me from all sides and put these little nodes all over my face and stuff Uh and record me talking, record my voice and record me doing different facial expressions Hmm. and looking in different directions and then there would be a digital jason that moves and looks and imitates me and they could make it say things in my voice and in my tenor and in using my expressions Hmm. in this metaverse so you you would be able to baby put on a headset and see a fake me (laughs) and it would look just almost just like me and it would talk and say things back to you but it would actually not really be me okay so am i talking to the real jason right now <laughs> yeah? yeah okay yeah. all right so yeah. oh wait a minute this is a great idea baby i should make one and then i can you can just chill have it do the show with you yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> just make I'm sure i'm gonna go watch tv whatever go do my job or be with your cat <laughs> but better yet next time when you feel like you know your your wife like unhappy about something you can feel that a fight is coming up it's brewing and just put on whatever goggle for her, <laughs> and she can just fight with that Jason mm. and leave you out of it. Yeah, would that work? Absolutely. No, I think it's a great idea. Yeah? But I'd have to like okay. she wouldn't be able to take off her goggles. <laughs> if she took off her goggles, she'd realize that mm-hmm. I went for a walk in the park. Oh, the wrong target. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow, so you turned that down. Okay. I'm interested in this article you shared. It's about China's high tech. 10 trends mm. in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And this is from news, uh, cgtn.com. Mm-hmm. So I, I was reading it. I was like, okay, I almost understand these. Mm-hmm. Now, number one is uh, Earth Simulator to predict future crisis. Mm-hmm. See, all the things that we were talking about earlier, yeah. I could do without. <laughs> okay, but They don't sound that okay, necessary okay. to me. <laughs> I like real drivers. Wait, wait, baby, baby. Huh? I, I want to, can I say something sad, oh. but was also happy? Huh? Sure. I want to say something sad and happy. All right. Let's try to pretend. Let's mix some of these technologies. Let's say Bebe lives to till she's 120 years old, mm. but someone else in your life, like your mom or something, doesn't. So if you wanted, you could make a deep fake of your mom and have a robot in your house that emulates and pretends like she's your oh mom. Oh my gosh, that's, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, these... no, no. Okay, okay. Too scary. Never mind. Earth simulator. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's crossing worlds and it gets freaky. These are th- realities that will happen, you know. You miss your dog, now you can have a little robot dog that yeah. has a screen on it and it emulates your dog's behavior. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, Earth Simulator. I can get this one. Mm. Okay. To why do we have this? So that we can predict predict future crises. Mm. So the it, it says in this uh, article that the Earth has a history of 4.6 billion years, mm. while we uh, have only been around for a couple million years. Mm. Well, that sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> so scientists are exploring the use of a digital twin of Earth mm. to simulate the planet's past and present. Mm. So you get all these data about what has happened, mm. what have happened on Earth, right? So, uh, you know, all the information we have about the past. And so you see patterns. Mm. I guess from that, we can predict or forecast the future paths of the natural world and human civilization. Mm-hmm. And last June, says the article, the Institute of Atmospheric Physics under the Chinese Academy of Sciences unveiled China's first such scientific project named the Earth System Science Numerical Simulator Facility, <sighs> abbreviated as Earth Lab. That sounds, I guess, simpler. And so it can simulate the physical, chemical, and biological evolution of the Earth's atmosphere, hydrosphere, Cryosphere? Cryosphere. Cryosphere? Lithosphere? I looked that up. Lithosphere. That is lithosphere. And that's like the Earth's crust or something. Oh, the rigid outer part of the Earth, consisting of the crust and upper mantle. Okay. And also biosphere, through technologies including high-performance computing, high-precision environmental stimulation, and big data, so as to provide scientific support. For problems such as natural disaster prevention, mitigation, and fighting climate change. Now, that sounds pretty useful for me, though. So you can, we can have a better idea. Yeah, I mean, if they can maybe guess there's like a fire over here next year, we could maybe, yeah. uh, you know, we interviewed Dr. Frank Stonier. And one of the things that he was doing in order to mm. prevent that fire from spreading was creating a, a line through the forest where they were cutting trees down to prevent the fire from growing. Mm-hmm. They do that in California where they they have these corridors Mm -hmm. where there's like barrier where they've cut all the trees down to prevent if there's a fire So they were predicting yeah well i mean Mm -hmm. this was just i think done 20 years ago they weren't predicting they were just california has lots of fires Mm -hmm. we probably should uh have some fire lines so that they won't jump around in case there's fire but what you're you're talking about maybe they say oh there might be a fire in sichuan next year Mm. if we you know do such and such and things ahead of time we might be able to prevent it from growing too big or something or like you know tsunamis and things like that depending from all the data they can have about patterns of things happening in the past right Mm -hmm. for however many years they have they can better predict the future and Mm -hmm. uh countries including the u.s and japan they have already built such earth simulators and earth labs Mm. Um, is comparable to the European Union's Destination Earth initiative. So similar things going around. This is something I can understand, right? I think that would be useful. Mm -hmm. And also um, 3D printing Mm -hmm. to reinvent manufacturing. And so we're talking Mm -hmm. about China's high tech, like in the next 10 years, what are the 10 trends? Uh, 3D printing is one Mm -hmm. of them. And even in rockets. See, it says here the Along March 5B rocket launched in May of 2020 carried a 3D printer and realized 3D printing of fiber-reinforced composite parts. 
in space for the first time. And in 2021, China Aerospace Science and Industry Corporation successfully printed aircraft products with complex structures, which significantly reduced the weight of aircraft. And uh, in the foreseeable future, says the article, 3D printing technology will be used to manufacture products ranging from something as small as um, artificial teeth to those as big as rockets and reinvent the whole manufacturing industry for maximum cost effectiveness and production efficiency. See, that's something I can understand too. Well, some of this has already been done in other ways. Like NASA already used 3D printing on the International Space Station. What it says for the first time, fiber reinforced composite parts, it's talking about a specific kind of 3D printing. A lot of different space agencies around the world want to use 3D printing both in space, but also on the moon and in Mars, because it makes a lot more sense to use the material on the moon or on Mars mm-hmm. to manufacture your habitat instead of bringing your habitat with you, which is very difficult to get off of the surface of the Earth because of the amount of fuel uh-huh. to carry that much weight. But I also want to talk about space and not just go through this list sure. verbatim one by one. Um, recently, Jeff Bezos' rocket was not carrying any people. I want to say that ahead of time. It was just carrying experiments. The rocket that goes into the uh, almost space, the upper at- mm. atmosphere stratosphere. And it cra- it, it, not, it didn't crash, but the booster rocket, which was supposed to land safely, actually oh. came crashing down. So space is hard. And, you know, the United States is trying to get back to the moon. And one of the vehicles that it wants to use is this new Artemis rocket. Hmm. And they were trying to launch last month, but were unable to do hmm. so. Uh, the Artemis one, uh, they kept having to move it back because of weather Mm. and because of their fuel issues. So the space launch system, uh, the Artemis SLS project still has not yet to be trialed with, but when it is tried probably this year, probably soon Mm. it will go to the moon and land. I think this is really interesting because space is really taking off in a big way. And we're returning to some of the original goals Mm. of space that were already completed in the 1960s and 70s, doing that kind of stuff again, but branching out. And these 3D printing is going to be a huge part of that. Mm. The Chinese space station is probably, for me as a lover of space, the most exciting project currently being undertaken because China is not just working with two or three or four or five partners. Mm. China has invited any nation in the world to participate in its space station i believe it's called tian gong mm, come here for a party <laughs> yeah so yeah. basically if you're if you're a scientist and you're in you're from saudi arabia and you've never actually really had your own um space station opportunity to send astronauts yeah maybe with negotiations with the chinese aerospace mm. enterprise they could cooperate and use your space station in the future which is okay. just amazing well would you be interested in going i'm uh i'm overweight 44 year old no way <laughs> <laughs> You're disinterested. Now, I, I was reading about the launching rocket launching part, mm-hmm. and I was reading about there are very specific spans of time in on any given day mm-hmm. that the rocket is permitted to launch. It, it's mm-hmm. not like when they have everything ready, they can just launch it, you know, whenever they want. Yeah. And these are called launch windows and launch periods. Mm-hmm. Like there are spans of days when the moon lines up with the Earth in a way that's favorable for this mission. Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever particular mission. Um, that's why it got delayed time and time again. But there, there's so many, like, so much details going into when it comes to space. Mm. But that's why they call it rocket science, right? Yeah, I guess so. And mm. uh, I think they're, 
ready to launch um what is it crew five mission and they're gonna with few uh like astronauts to the international space station mm. aboard a spacex rocket yeah, that that's pretty and they're planning a that's pretty over. frequent a couple of mm. times a year people or supplies go to and from the international space station but what's going to really change is sending people back to the moon the nasa the national aeronautics and space agency wants to create a base that orbits the moon and sometimes touches down so it's not an actual permanent base on the moon it is a permanent base but it's not a permanently manned base on the moon so mm. that's exciting because they're going to use this as a gateway to eventually go to Mars. But Elon Musk has other plans while NASA is mm. moving slowly and carefully. And he, he thinks that he will be sending people to Mars by the end of this decade within the next six to eight years. Because every two years or so, uh -huh. there is a window, these windows you talk about, to mm. send people to Mars when Mars is beginning to come around in its orbit and approach Earth in a relatively short distance. Because at other times Farther during this two-year cycle, Mars is, yeah, Mars is twice Twice as far uh, as the Earth is from the sun. It's ridiculously far. So it can only actually make this transit sometimes. I don't know. I, I've, uh, I've have my own reservations about, you know, space exploration. Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes I wonder if we're going a little bit too far. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Like, are we supposed to be probing around in space or mm. is it really a good thing? But I understand what, you know, Elon Musk were saying, how maybe one day the planet we do have won't be habitable mm. right and then the human species would need somewhere else to start all over again mm. um i get that but i don't know are we like are we disturbing the natural universe a little bit too much i see what you're saying but i look up at space and i see something different i see earth is this big be mm. beautiful ball of life that is amazing it is all the people who hate space say this is the planet i would prefer to live on oh yeah totally this is mm. the best place in our solar system to live hands down and we've never found a place anywhere in the universe that humans would thrive better than here but you know i look up at this big mm. infinite landscape going in every direction that we've never seen the edge of and it seems like a, a lot of wasted canvas where we could start painting you know we've we've done a lot of um unnecessary painting on earth already <laughs> it's like let's go destroy another planet <laughs> <laughs> i don't know sorry maybe i'm a little bit too pessimistic about what humans can do yeah maybe yeah I, there's just like sometimes there's not enough like humans for us we don't know what when it is enough mm. um like when it comes to resources we always feel like there's not enough a big part of the problem is that the resources we do have are not distributed or distributed mm -hmm, evenly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you end up with some people having way too much yeah. and being very, very wasteful about the resources they have. And then others literally starving even today. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I wonder, you know, I know there are adventurous people pushing the frontier forward. I was thinking on the other side, um, maybe we can also do a little bit more self-reflection Right? So we change our own habits and our own expectations of what's enough so that we're not as wasteful. I, I believe there are enough resources for the human beings and other species right on this planet. It's just the way we've been using them, hoarding them for some. So I'm not saying that we don't go on exploring, right? It's just at the same time, 
let's not waste so much and let's distribute things more in, in a better fashion. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And I think humankind is not just, you know, we're smart enough to walk and chew gum. Mm. That means uh, we can do more than one thing. So I think it is a challenge for us to figure out global socioeconomic problems. Mm. And actually, I think we are getting better at it, not worse, because there are less people starving and less people dying as a from wars mm. as a total percentage of the population of people now than a hundred years ago. That's just yes, a fact. Thankfully. So I think we can explore space, explore the oceans, develop better technology to better safeguard our earth and learn how to be more humane with one another and distribute mm -hmm. food and resources more equitably amongst ourselves all at the same time. There's no nothing stopping us from doing all of those things. Good. And so Good. I don't think there's a explore space and people die on earth or save the earth dichotomy. Mm -hmm. We can help ourselves on earth while exploring space at the same time. Okay. And you know what? Actually, th there are advantages to exploring space, mm -hmm. which are like mining asteroids. You know, instead of mining a mountain for precious resource, there are asteroids out there made out of everything you can think of. So if we just go and pick it out of the sky, we can take what we need from it instead of destroying mm. mining a mountain mm -hmm. and destroying that mountain and destroying that ecosystem and then just take it down to Earth already processed in space before it gets brought down and used in yourself. Wow. Cool. I mean, hopefully. Let's take a look at some of these other technologies. OK. Some of this is over my head. So number four is photonic chips to empower quantum computing superiority. Ooh. No idea. Wow. Yeah, I read what it says. It's still photons are light. So I guess they, mm -hmm. they mean really advanced microchips that use light as a source of computing power. But still, I don't get that. I think we would need to ask someone who actually knows. A obviously, AI to revolutionize scientific research. That doesn't seem that revolutionary to me. And I thought we were already mm. kind of doing that. But the next one, AR glasses. This is, I think, a huge one. Number six, because this is what they're really pushing all around the world. Tens of billions of dollars being pumped into this by companies in Europe, companies in China, companies in America, companies all over the world. Mm -hmm. and this is the meta. This is probably the, the metaverse. So you put glasses on. Now, a lot of people are confused about this. They think you put your glasses on and you're in a video game, uh -huh. but it's actually that's not the final goal. Imagine this, baby. You're standing in Beijing and you find a hot pot restaurant that you want to go to, mm. but you're not good with north and south and east and west and you want to go there. Mm -hmm. Now, if your AR glasses are on your face, you will be looking at the real world through your glass. You'll be seeing your friends and seeing trees and everything that's already there that's real. Mm. But your computer in your glasses will superimpose on reality in front of you a little flashing arrow, which tells you where to walk. And so you can just follow them, follow, you can walk in reality and see little arrows that point to you to where you're eventually going to be going. Well, will it be able to tell me when a car is coming my way? You could use your eyes to see the car, but probably they'll have technology. Well, do I have the glasses on? Yeah, I'm sure. We'll get you an app special for you, baby. It says car. I want to get there alive. There's a blue car coming from the left. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like I'll be distracted. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm sure that there are many more things they can do mm. besides taking me to a restaurant. So sure. I was just using that. One as example. example. Okay. Right. Go ahead. What else? Throw them at me. Let's say you have an app that is for dating. I know obviously you're married, I'm, but I'm talking about a person has an app. They're a college student. They're tw maybe they just finished college. They're 23. They're mm -hmm. sad and lonely. Now, when you're out <laughs> in public, instead of like trying to figure out, is that guy single or not? I don't know. Mm. There'll be a, a red X over some guy's head and there'll be green arrows pointing down at other what? guy's head. And you'll know which ones are single according to their profile on the app you're using. And on another guy's head will be like married, but available? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> but he thinks he's available. <laughs> 
anyhow, sorry. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, why do we have to go there, baby? <laughs> yes. And the, the arrow will point yes, to Yes, married but available <laughs> if you date this guy. His wife may come uh, after you with a hatchet, hatchet knife. <laughs> oh, yes. This is his wife. She's very strong. She can bench press 120 kilograms. <laughs> Goodness. So, I mean, let's say you're a 23-year-old, you're lonely, you're single. Now you know which guy in Starbucks to flirt with and which guy to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very useful information. Well, I mean, basically any app you have on your phone now, imagine you don't have to look at your phone. It's superimposed on your reality. Or if you choose to not want to see that particular piece of information, mm. you don't have to see that particular piece inf of information. No, I was like, why do I feel like it's making my life more complicated? Like I already have my reality to deal with, <laughs> right? And then you're superimposing mm. the other mm. virtual realities on top of this. But there's so much to process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's say in real life, yeah. if I'm interested in a guy, if I were still 23, though I was like not sad and lonely, mm -hmm. I could just go ask him or I don't know, start chatting. There are like human ways of doing this. I'm not saying that these are not useful. I'm just exploring, right? Trying to find out what these things are. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like realities is uh, quite full. You know, it's, it's quite a <laughs> workload already. I don't want other super layers on top of that that I have to deal with that that saps my energy away from mm. it. I mean, I don't know what other people are going to do with this new technology. Maybe because some people, they can just work for two hours a day and they'll, you know, make enough for uh, all their expenses and they don't have kids, they don't have pets. So they have like, what, six hours a day they need to kill a day. So can they, they can sit there and just put these glasses on. I don't know. But for me, uh, my life is pretty full. I, I can't really think of a reason. OK, I would all want right. This. I, I would definitely want to try it. 100 percent. Sell me something else. All right. We're going to artificial sun. This is something that uh, huh. they're very good at developing <laughs> in France and the United know. States uh -huh. and China. And of course, the European Union works. They, all these countries work together. Actually, China works with scientists in Europe and Canada and the United States. Amount of people in this field are small and they are all sharing their research all of the time. And China has made some outstanding contributions to this what this means is currently we use a nuclear technology uh fission which takes atoms apart for energy and that is how our nuclear energy works now but in the future scientists want to use fusion which actually puts atoms together and it actually also produces energy but much more energy oftentimes they use something called a tokamak which is like the inside hollowed out inside of a donut and they create an enormous amount of energy. And, and China is working on this. In Hefei, China's Experimental Advanced Superconducting Tokamak, or EAST, in Hefei, is uh, in Anhui technology, has set a new world record of running at a temperature of 70 million degrees Celsius for 17 minutes. Now, I've always been interested in this technology. And just 10 years ago, they couldn't maintain this reaction anywhere in the world for more than a few seconds. Now that they can, can, can do this for 17 minutes, we are just years away from being able to fuel an entire continent with a single power facility. Imagine one power facility that could power like all of China with one single power facility. We wouldn't need any other form of fossil fuel other than old antiquated ships and old antiquated cars as they're being retired out. We would be able to produce almost unlimited electricity with almost no side effects for the environment. Well, no side effects part sounds pretty good, uh, but you scared me with 70 million degrees Celsius. The reaction is usually a sliver 
of a line in space inside of a giant facility. It's not like the heat is going to suddenly melt a province or something. But 70 million <laughs> degrees Celsius? What does that mean? I have no idea. Like, what, what, what could contain that? Where were they doing this? What, what they do, this tokamak facility, which is like a donut, the inside of a donut, and they're different configurations. They're different shapes that they make. They use magnets to contain the fuel in the middle of a, an area with no air. So huh. they actually push all of the matter into a tiny little stream hmm. in the middle of the tokamak. Sometimes it's circulating and de depends on which configurations that they're using. And this sliver of atoms and reactions at the super high temperature is held in there by the force of great amounts of energy. Mm -hmm. But eventually we'll be able to extract more energy from it than we're putting into it. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it reminds me. It's held in place by magnets. I think I vaguely remember seeing like a news, either a news report or a video about this, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it wasn't my thing. So I didn't really, you know, pay too much attention. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the number is quite stunning. 70 million degrees Celsius. It's like everything yeah. will be gone. If. Anyhow, <laughs> all right. So that's number seven. Anything else shocking? Um, I don't. I think there are so many new technologies coming out that it is hard to isolate a single piece that's going to change everything. But we were talking about three D printing before. Hmm. Have you seen some of the homes that have been made from three D printing? Homes? homes. I know there are people who print out guns. Oh gosh, but not homes. That's a whole other issue. I don't want to get into. But um, uh -huh. so they have these new facilities that have been made by some scientists where you can actually 3D print a small home using the material from the place where you're making the home. And they're actually starting to 3D print hmm. villages in Africa this way. Not oh. this isn't happening on a grand scale. It has not affected millions of people, mm -hmm. but it has changed the lives of a few hundred people. Mm. So they actually dig out the soil. They put that with other chemicals, which are then mm. mixed together and put into a 3D printer and the computer just puts down starts 3D printing one line at a time until it actually 3D prints hmm. small homes. So um, when it comes to 3D printing, my understanding was like everything is going to be plastic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they're going to just print out whatever they want, but it's going to be in like solid plastic. Hmm. But the material side of it, it gets complicated too, right? Let me add to that. So you mentioned plastics. They can use a lot of different materials. And what's one of the really cool things is actually solid fuel. So we're talking about rockets earlier. Solid fuel? Solid fuel. So, what is that? So one of the reasons we use solid fuel in a rocket instead of liquid fuel in most rocket designs, because solid fuel is more stable. Mm. You can actually leave it inside of the rocket as opposed to the liquid fuel, which needs to be added immediately before launch because liquid fuel is much less stable than solid fuel. Okay. But solid fuel doesn't burn as hot and oftentimes is doesn't produce as much energy. But what you can do is use a 3D printer mm. to print solid fuel to create little pockets of air and other materials inside of it so that when the solid fuel is ignited because of the pockets of air and other gases that are put into the solid fuel mm -hmm. blend because it's 3D printed this way, mm. you can actually use use solid, solid fuel for rocket fuel again, increasing stability and safety for humans that are on that rocket. I think I actually understood that. Great. <laughs> and also, I was thinking when you kept saying solid fuel, mm. you know what I was thinking of? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cow no. dungs. 
<laughs> which is a very in- well, a little a little more ex- <laughs> which is environmentally friendly and people do use them uh even today you know on people living in in our mongolia on the grassland they save all that and they use it for cooking solid fuel with natural air pockets inside and uh i don't think they burn too too hot um, <laughs> but you know hey if you're not in a hurry like launching rockets and the, all that you can still use there them. was a bunch of more stuff on that list but i want to jump to something else um sure this because this is important i think for us as people who get to live in china we have the great opportunity to live here where a lot of these new technologies are actually being rolled out for example we have a uh, high-speed train that travels 350 kilometers per hour and i was i would recently took this train what? it was all the articles started coming out at the same time all of the trains in china were only traveling about 300 kilometers per hour or 310 because they didn't want mm. to push it up to its higher speeds until there was many years of data okay but now that there is that data and they do understand better how to make sure that the trains are very safe mm. a lot of the trains in china the high-speed trains are now traveling at 350 kilometers per hour and the last one i traveled on was in fact traveling at 350 kilometers per hour but mm-hmm. That's only, I just say this to broach the next one. China debuts train prototype that can hit speeds of 620 kilometers per hour. Wow. So this is a CNN uh, 2021. And there's actually articles about it in Chinese media Mm. too. And uh, increasingly, it looks like in the next five to 10 years, we'll have these in a lot of places in China. But the, like the high speed trains, they're already... For me, it's fast enough. If, like if it goes any faster, I probably won't feel as stable. <laughs> as people can tell, yeah. I'm not very. I'm not a risk taker. Mm. I'm, I, I want to be safe, <laughs> and I don't mind spending a few out a few more hours on trains. But this sounds pretty cool too. Mm. And it's one of those like floating trains. Am I right? Yeah, it's a maglev, which means magnetic lev- levitation. It means it uses. Is it actually floating? Yeah, it's floating barely. <gasps> it's just floating. Uh, I'm not getting on that. <laughs> It's barely floating. See, okay, the outside is gripped over the rail that it's on. Uh But underneath the platform between the train and the actual rail, it's magnetically levitated just a couple of, you know, just just barely. Like, just put your fingers really close together, like that much above it. Mm. And it uses the energy from the magnets to propel the train along. I have this image of this train. I'm not too sure if it's related to what we were talking Mm -hmm, about, mm -hmm. but it's uh, kind of looks like it's hanging from above like the rail is from top yeah they have that one too and there's yeah. nothing that, that's one of the two underneath yeah. Th- that's one of those above. in that case there are more than one of these being tested around china well i'm definitely not getting on that one okay there's nothing below it <laughs> you're i'm not i'm not buying a ticket for that one <laughs> all right so sorry <laughs> oh yeah 2,500 years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of 5,000 words, which for the next two and a half millennia would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The Sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. You're listening to The Bridge. If you were in Melbourne, Australia, hmm. how would you like to get to New York in one hour? Um, 
Well, I don't think I can get there in an hour. Well, not on a, a magnetic train, you can't. But by using rockets and being launched into low orbit, oh, in the future, <laughs> rockets are going to be blasting not only cargo, but people. You know, the uh, interplanetary colonizer rocket that Elon Musk's SpaceX is working on. One of the applications is actually to launch rockets from different city platforms around the world so that you can travel to the other side of the world in a very short amount of time. <sighs> okay. Uh, well, I have nothing urgent. <laughs> Maybe you can sell the ticket to someone else. <laughs> but, um, I I'm sure they have noble purposes, but I really, in, in this lifetime, I guess I'm not that interested in going in rockets. Would you? Uh, I would do it once. Absolutely. It would be too shaky. I would do it once. You would do it just once? Just to have done it. And the last one I want to talk about, I know we're going really fast now. Hmm. I want you to try this. So you can go to a website and you can go right after we get off this call or this uh, show. Mm -hmm. It is called Dolly. Dolly Mini. So huggingface.co dot spaces dolly mini you can just look up dolly mini mm. d-a-l-l dash e space m-i-n-i -I in a search and you will find this program you can put words or short sentences into and it will use ai to create completely unique and original art oh art. so say you like cars uh -huh. and say you like spaceships you can write car stationary yeah you could exactly <laughs> you like stationary right right stationary spaceships and then it'll make stationary that look like spaceships and spaceships that look like stationary. It, it will create completely unique art. So recently, according to CNN Business, go so ahead. we're talking about art this now? This is technology. This is AI. Technology. This is AI oh, oh, technology. Okay. This is computers. Oh. So AI won an international art contest and artists are furious, according to CNN.com. <laughs> I read about that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> have you seen the painting? It is actually... Quite good. Yes. Yeah, and this is produced by AI. It looks like an oil painting. It does. It does. Yeah. It won first place, and uh, it was made by AI's Dolly 2. So the one that we're using online that I asked you to use, we can use that because it's not as good, actually. It's just okay. The one they're using is amazing. Did you so try it So my wife already? and I were on there for an hour. Like we were putting it panda and Buddha and it was making Buddhas that look like pandas. Yeah, it was like pa pandas sitting in Buddha poses and stuff. It was, it, no, it was all cartoony and a little weird looking, oh, but dear. it was making unique art and it was made by a computer, which I thought was, you know, really neat. Uh -oh. And imagine we'll all have access to this in the future. <laughs> have you tried it? Are you going to try it? you got to try this. You're going to be obsessed with it. Uh, I think my daughter will be interested. She's into art. So it's like, so you type in a bunch of themes in a way, right? And yeah, then yeah. you give the computer direction as to what you're interested in, and then it's going to produce art. Yeah, it has millions of images to choose from, and it knows words associated with those images. So when you put like pineapple pen, it's going to make you a pineapple pen Okay. to the best of its ability based on what it knows about the shapes of pineapples and pens. Okay. Well, today's show definitely has loads <laughs> of interesting things that people can explore, right? From mm. rockets to art. But it's all related to technology. Mm. And um, the, the, it's a website that you get on, the mm -hmm. one you just mentioned, mm -hmm. Dolly something. Yeah. And then you punch in words and it will just spit out images. Yeah, it's going to make art for you. 
based on whatever you want to try. I highly recommend doing it because I had a lot of fun. I couldn't stop using it for like an hour. Wow. Okay. Well, no wonder it's a lot artists are furious. <laughs> More people are going to lose jobs, <laughs> even artists. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they had a lot of jobs to start with. <laughs> this is getting worse. Or better. It really depends on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. True. It was really lovely talking with you. Please join us on the bridge next time where we connect east and west. And I know, Jason, that you probably still have a lot of things you want to share when it comes to technology. So let's continue. Mm -hmm. All, right. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you, Jason. Bye. Bye, -bye.